Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. You're with Bharati Jagdish and Timothy Go. Now, investing in wine may not commonly spring to mind as the most profitable investment to make. But if you're looking for an alternative asset to invest in, wine indeed could be a smart option as long as you're able to find the value. Hmm. Well, um, H&WIs have moved from wine appreciation to wine investment. But what exactly is wine investment and what kind of returns do you get on an investment like wine? So to help us out, Jeremy Howard is joining us. He's co-founder of Crew World Wine. He's a former MD at Deutsche Bank. And now he's Mr. Wine Aficionado. Hi, Jeremy. Thanks for joining us. Hi, guys. Thank you for hosting me. So let's talk about this objectively. How do you even begin to look at the various factors that need to be considered when we talk about investment-grade wine? What are these factors? Well, what you're looking for are high-quality wines that are going to last for a long time. That's the key thing because that gives them the longest time to appreciate in value. You're also going to want to look for wines that are going to be very highly demanded around the world. So these are wines from heritage regions like Bordeaux, Burgundy and Champagne that are now desired by people on every continent of the, uh, of the planet. So, Jeremy, what kind of returns are we looking at in terms of, you know, the appreciation, the performance of fine wines compared to, well, the stock market, for example? Well, it's a very good story in fine wine. Very few people know how well wine has performed. We've got good quality data going back to 1988. So that's a quarter of a century. And what we see is that fine wine on a compound annual growth rate basis has actually outperformed the S&P 500 returning 10.2% versus the S&P 500's uh, 9%. So it really is an extremely good performance from fine wine. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the last year, 2022, the fine wine index was actually up 13.4%. And uh, most of your listeners, I think, will be aware that uh, equities uh, and bonds were were nothing like as uh, strong as that, uh, mostly down over the year. Mm. So if we go back to talking about the qualities of wine that you should be looking at in order to get you those high returns, you mentioned things such as high quality wine. Now, that's something that sounds quite abstract to people who know very little about wine. How does one measure quality? How does one look at age worthiness or even the rarity of the wine, the vintage, so on and so forth? You really have to do your homework here, right, as an individual wine investor? Well, I don't want to make it sound too much like hard work. Uh, there are lots of tools to help you. Um, yeah. There are a lot of independent critics who give uh, scores to fine wine. Uh, some of your listeners may have heard of Robert Parker and others. Um, they, they'll give scores out of 100. And if you focus on the ones that have got the very highest score, uh, those are the ones that are going to perform the best from an investment point of view. Uh, at Crew World Wine, we also give investment ratings, um, a bit like S&P and Moody's. So we mm. have AAA, AA, et cetera. Um, so there are lots of tools to help you uh, figure out what's going to be the best wines to uh, invest in. Mm. I only keep asking about this because I think there are serious worries out there. <laughs> uh, there are scams, right, that also involve fake investment-grade wines. There are fraudsters out there. What are some of the red flags that investors need to look for and to avoid? 
Yes, well, you need to be very careful about where you're buying your fine wine. There's no question about that. Um, The main problems are going to be at auction houses uh, and uh, mainland China. Um, That is where we do find the majority of counterfeits and fakes. If you buy your fine wine from a reputable um, merchant or platform like ours, that wine is going to be kept in a government-regulated warehouse here in Singapore, we use uh, Toll City, uh, which is a very reputable warehouse. And within that warehouse, we're doing constant condition reports and condition checks, uh, fraud checks to make sure the wine is uh, legitimate. So there are, the, the industry has come on a long way now, and there are many more safeguards in place to, uh, to protect investors. Okay, for every investment, of course, there are potential risks. What could there be for uh, investing in fine wines? You obviously need to be careful about where you're acquiring your wine. You need to make sure you're buying uh, wine which is of high provenance and uh, condition. Mm-hmm. I would say the other main risk probably is just liquidity. Um, fine wine is a, an emerging market, should we say, within collectibles. So uh, it's not as liquid as um, some other markets, uh, even though that is definitely changing now. Um, so I would say that people need to have realistic expectations in terms of how quickly they can get in and out of this market. It is mm-hmm. more of a medium and long-term investment like real estate. Mm. Uh, Since you mentioned medium and long-term investment, we should point out, right, that the value of wine also doesn't increase indefinitely. After some time, it will become less desirable and its value in the secondary market could decrease as well. Well, only up to a point. Um, A, the best wines today will last for a very long time. We're talking 50, 60 years. Uh, And after that period of time, there'll be so little left of the vintage in question that they actually continue to hold value as a um, historical artifact. So if you told me that you had a bottle of uh, 1789 Lafitte, which had been owned by Thomas Jefferson, I would be very happy to buy that from you for a very substantial amount of money. Not because I want to pop the cork and drink it, but because it has huge value to uh, historical collectors of, uh, of old wine. Is there value to the wine if you don't drink it? Absolutely, absolutely. There's always um, another person who will buy um, a very old bottle of wine. Eventually, somebody will pull the cork on it mm. and, uh, and drink it. Um, the wine will just evolve in time. It doesn't go bad as such if it's high-quality wine. It okay. just evolves and changes. All right. Now, the NFT craze has uh, reached the fine wine trade as well. Is this just a fad, though? Well, we did a lot of work on this last year. Um, We did a pilot study creating NFTs on the Polygon chain. Um, We concluded that the tech wasn't really ready for prime time yet. The the difficulties of operating a MetaMask wallet, etc., we felt were too much for our clients to bear. But it is Mm. something which we've got our eye on, for sure. Mm. So you have an eye on this. How do you think it's going to unfold? Is this something that investors need to pay attention to at this time and perhaps find out more about at least or just forget about it, put it on the back burner for now? Um, I think it can be um, put on the back burner for a little bit of time. I think it's too much effort to go through the um, the difficulties of setting up your own wallet, etc. And I think obviously there have been a lot of notable scandals recently in the sort yeah. of crypto markets more generally. So I, I think it's not ready. We're not ready in fine wine for, for NFTs yet. But there are lots of innovations coming which are going to help people get more involved in the market. Mm, such as? Well, I think that um, just better trading facilities. Um, what we're doing at uh, Crew World Wine is we're building a trading exchange, or we built a trading exchange, which is quite similar to the ones your your listeners will know of from uh, you know, Saxo Bank or, or DBS or TD Ameritrade. Uh, so these are this, this exchange is providing much better liquidity, tighter trading spreads, making it much easier to buy and sell wine. 
Um, and that's just one innovation. We're also looking at things like fractionalization to mm. make the most expensive wines more easy to afford for people who haven't got a, a billion-dollar budget. All right, Jeremy. So if you look ahead into the future, at least in the year 2023, what can you see? What can you predict for the fine wine industry? Well, our mission and we think where the industry is going is, is, is fine wine is starting to take its rightful place as a viable alternative asset class. Um, we're seeing much better awareness now of the track record of fine wine and the fact that it is actually an investable product. Um, and then we're also seeing better liquidity and tighter trading spreads as um, platforms like ours come more into the mainstream and people become more aware of them. Mm. Uh, and then I think we will see more innovation. Um, we'll definitely see um, things like fractional trading coming along. Um, and I think we'll also see a continued focus on sustainability. The other great thing about fine wine is it's a very sustainable product. Uh, more and more fine wine producers produce organically, biodynamically. Um, we've just recently launched a sustainable index of uh, fine wine. Uh, and so I think that the sustainable characteristics of fine wine will become better known also. Mm. You mentioned exchanges earlier, wine exchanges. What do you have to say to people who say they prefer to go the traditional route, buy directly from stores or wineries instead? Yeah, that's fine. Um, we, we, it's a symbiotic relationship. Um, collectors, stroke investors and drinkers, they need each other. Um, people who want to drink wine generally want to drink it after it's aged for a period of time, ideally 10 years or more. So in order for that to happen, somebody else needs to have bought that wine and held on to it for a long time. And obviously they need to see a return on that um, capital that they've tied up. So drinkers can benefit from collectors um, and investors and investors can benefit from drinkers because um, there is actually a use case to fine wine. So if, if you buy a fine wine portfolio today in 10 years time, you know you'll be able to sell it because there'll be people queuing up to buy your wine to drink it. Mm. This is not the case with other assets like you know, Bitcoin, for example. There's no use case. Mm. Here's the thing, though. There are so many alternative investments emerging and vying for airtime these days. The other day, we were just talking about whiskey on this show as well. So what's your recommendation on how to position wine investments within a larger portfolio? Yeah, well, there's quite a lot of data on this. Mike Frank do some surveys, and um, they, they show that ultra-high net worth individuals actually have quite a lot of wine in collectible assets um, and, and actually have quite a lot of um, their money in fine wine. I mean, typically, obviously, we don't give financial advice and everybody's circumstances are different, but we typically say, you know, up to 5% of, um, uh, of, of liquid assets could be placed into a fine wine portfolio. Um, wine, wine actually has a very low um, volatility, very high sharp ratio, and also it's uh, not correlated with mainstream assets. So it's a pretty low risk investment. So um, we definitely think it has a role to play, but obviously the percentage will depend on the knowledge and the, uh, you know, the, 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 the individual preference. Well, there you go. Something to look at if you're looking for new investment vehicles. They're fine wines. Jeremy Howard, co-founder of Crew World Wine here on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.